also one thing about you is you are only on social media on Saturdays, which is yeah. Well, uh, I'm only on Facebook on Saturdays late, since the new year. It was one of those those uh, New Year's resolutions. It's, it's been pretty pretty um, clarifying for me. I think. <laughs> um, it's helpful. Yeah, well, the thing is, I did think, I mean, of course, you're one of many people I know in Texas, and I did hear from a lot of those people that I, I knowing you were going to be on the show, I did think, oh, you know, I haven't, I have no idea how he's doing, and I don't know if he'll mm. even see if I, uh, if I ask, so. Yeah. I'm glad you're, glad you're good. Yeah, I still spend too much time on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't really take as much of a vacation from that, because somehow I can keep more of an emotional distance from what goes on there, but. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I just Twitter the noise, you know. It's it just yeah. gets, gets too overwhelming. So I'm I'm yeah. more Facebook than than Twitter. But the groups that make a sense. difference. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't said who you are. Um. Well, first off, I, I, this I almost feel guilty asking this, but not quite because this is a movie podcast. But um, you know, intermittent electricity. Have you been able to watch much film, or have you been pretty much off the, you know, off the well, screen? I mean, less than normal. Um, I did have a brief, you know, period of time where I had some electricity early in the week where I knew that we were going to, we already knew we were going to be canceling the first couple of days of school. So, um, yeah, I, I watched a little bit, but not, not as much as I would like to, but yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can make up for it. Yeah. And by the way, I haven't introduced you. <laughs> so, Josh Wilson, um, I think probably most people in the group know you because you've been a, a staple for years now. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, and in fact, we've we wanted to get together and podcast. I, I think we were we were hoping for an Orson Welles uh, title. Yeah. Um, that's that's your 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 boy. Yeah. Um, and so, Spine One Thousand came, and that wasn't it. <laughs> Uh, I think the other side of the wind was a possibility. I have no idea what's up with that. Uh, but yeah. big Orson Welles fan. Um, but since pe you're new, or people are, since you're new to the cast and people don't know you, you want to just say a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, just a uh, just a film fan, like a lot of other people. I was telling telling you, Aaron, a, a few minutes ago before we started recording, that in some ways I might represent your listeners that are not not the ones that are watching 70 feature films a month uh <laughs> you know i i watch as much movies as i can and uh as many as i can and uh, i i'm a i'm a singer uh i i sing professionally uh with uh houston chamber choir and around houston and um i'm a music teacher i teach choir and uh have a little film studies elective class that I teach at the school and um yeah I have a family I've got five kids and um and that's that's kind of who what I do and who you I am kind of buried the lead you're also a Grammy winner so um <laughs> do you like wake up and kiss your Grammy every day <laughs> <laughs> well I yeah I the Houston Chamber Choir we did win um a Grammy in 2020. It was like the last good thing that happened in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> before <laughs> before it all went dark. Yeah, we our our um we won a Grammy for best choral performance. So, uh yeah, I don't actually have a Grammy statue, but um, <laughs> that's part of I have course. a certificate. You have to I share have it. a certificate. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. the 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 choir um our director has it and I have a uh, fancy certificate from the Recording Academy and 
yeah okay. pretty that's that's very it's cool. still nice that's probably yeah. common if you think about it you know yeah. people that make an album even you know that's yeah only, you know the musician there's only one gets the statue and everybody else gets a piece of paper but yeah that's, right that's an honor i was i remember rooting for you and um i'm yeah i'm very happy for you so yeah, so yeah thanks. that's that we have release months, so um, uh, it's funny how we don't plan. You know, I, I usually plan guests ahead of time, so um, have no idea what you've seen, but we'll um, we'll we'll see how where we go. We we can't yeah. predict uh, what's going to be in the uh, on the show. Um, before we get to the the May releases, though, I do want to share one fun thing, and I, I hope this will come out well in the cast. But we just had uh, Valentine's Day, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm married, and we've been married. Uh, it will actually be 15 years here in a few months, which is crazy. Um, yeah. But uh, Andrea is very, very supportive of my uh, Criterion habit um, and just my my cinephilia. She's a big movie fan as well, but uh, not to the same extent. And uh, so, which yeah, of course, I I own the Criterion collection, or, or for the most part, and I buy a lot of other stuff. And uh, I don't know if you watch Breaking Bad. Josh, but uh, 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 Dean Norris, uh, his character Hank in the film, mm-hmm. there was a period where he was injured and uh, he was collecting uh, minerals, and so he would often get packages in the mail, and his wife would get them for get them for him, and she would say, "You got another rock," and so that's <laughs> that's become a thing. I don't know. Have you seen the show? I no. It's I mean, I know the cultural phenomenon that it was, but I just <laughs> never never caught up with it. So. Anyway, I you know it's, I, we don't usually, usually do a, a big thing for um, for Valentine's Day, but this uh, this seemed too uh, great to pass up, and actually hashtagged to Be- Becky for giving me the idea because she had uh, Edward Furlong do her birthday. I guess, I guess she was gifted it, um, but still, I'm going to play it here. So this is um, this was me having Dean Norris, who played Hank, uh, speak to my wife about my Criterion collection, even though I, I, he didn't know, you know. I didn't go into what what I collected. <laughs> so are you ready? Yeah. I don't know how this will play. Hey, Andrea. I'm going to say Andrea. Andrea? <laughs> it's Dean Norris here, a.k.a. Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad. I hear you got a, a husband who says he collects rocks. First thing I'm gonna tell you is, Jesus Christ, Aaron, they're not rocks, they're minerals. <laughs> but other than that, collecting uh, rocks slash minerals is an awesome, awesome thing to do. In fact, collecting any kind of thing is uh, awesome. And you can call them rocks, you can call them minerals, all right? But I wanna say that I wholeheartedly approve of your awesome husband. <laughs> Collecting rocks. <laughs> I'd approve more if he collected minerals, but any collection's great. I hope you guys have an awesome 2021 um, and happy Valentine's Day coming up. Take care and don't break bad. <laughs> Bye. Nice. Good, good. Well, we gotta pause oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was on loop. Very yeah, that's good. Kind of interesting service cameo. I don't know. You can yeah. get uh, you know, I guess B or C list celebrities. So I think Dean Norris <laughs> is probably closer to B plus. But uh, yeah, it was fun. What do you think? That's great. That's great. Yeah, for my for Valentine's Day, my wife and I um, wrapped the pipes outside of our house because we're <laughs> <laughs> yikes. 
Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it real. So it was very romantic. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you wrapped them in, in hearts. Yes. So, okay, well, let's talk some Criterions. We actually have a lot to talk about um, for yeah. for all that you've, you've been dealing with. It's actually been a, a – there's a lot co- going on in, in our little world. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this has been a nice distraction. But we had the May announcements, and uh, so we're, we're recording this on the 20th. And usually we expect these on the 15th, which would have been, I think, Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. They actually arrived on Friday. Um, yeah, they jumped the gun. The, yeah, and in fact, I didn't even get a chance to – um, put a poll up uh, for predictions <laughs> because it's they never release on Friday prior you know when it's the week when it's either on the on the weekend or uh, you know even more so the the Monday is the fifteenth so yeah caught us caught us off guard otherwise we would have recorded last week um, but um, but yeah there, it's kind of a mixed bag I think uh, there's a lot of um, well, well we'll just get right into it so the first one is um, interesting it's uh, trances which is uh, it's coming out on May fourth it's by Ahmed Al Manouni, and mm-hmm. it's about the Moroccan band Nas El Giwain or Giwain. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not Moroccan, so probably going to yeah. butcher that. Uh, but of course, this is uh, interesting because it's um, wholesale uh, from or pulled from the uh, WCP one set, uh, and it's uh, the second now uh, standalone uh, spine number. Which of course they had spine numbers before, but this one is uh, it's it, its own disc. So spine six eighty nine and the yeah so the the film is the same the features are the same I think the um, even the restoration is the same so Josh what do you think about trances did, did yeah, you watch it I, no I haven't seen this one I don't I don't have the WCP one is it uh, I guess this is on the the channel so I could uh, take a look at it uh, but I, I do like films of this type. Um, uh, musical, you know, give me give you exposure to kind of a different kind of music uh, than maybe you've uh, encountered. So yeah, it sounds really interesting. I just I haven't gotten uh, to catch up with it yet. And what's crazy is I I have caught up with it. It's it's been a few years because uh, the WCP one sound seems like it was forever ago. Yeah. And this seems like I should remember it more. I I think it kind of blends in my memory with uh, the PT Anderson. Which is not Moroccan. I think it was Turkish. Yeah, he did that documentary. Uh, Junoon, that one. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, that's I know what it, it sounded like. It would remind me of that as well. That uh, I saw that it uh, in uh, they were uh, the um, Houston uh, Museum of Fine Arts. Sorry, mm-hmm. couldn't think of the word there. There, they have a little <laughs> cinema there, and they they showed that uh, documentary a couple years ago, and I was able to go look at it and I really enjoyed that and that's exactly what came to my mind when I saw the description so yeah that that was great I, this this one of course is coming from you know it's the from that culture or right. the film is made right. from that culture so probably more of a um you know a direct perspective so yeah. uh I'm looking forward to seeing it again and um mm-hmm. I, I will ask you I, I know you have WCP2 because I gave you that on Patreon yes that's right <laughs> so what do you think just of the the whole the, the just the idea of them reprinting these as standalone discs after they've been in the uh, these boxes for a few years. I mean, I I, I would guess that there's a um, you know if they have a, a financial interest in doing that, I, I would guess that that's why. I mean, this this film in particular does seem like an odd one to pull out because yeah. a lot of people, even like yourself, that have seen it are kind of like. 
I don't recall it very well or it wasn't super popular or in super high demand and it doesn't have like a um, well-known auteur director that's um, attached to it. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. There's definitely a couple that I would think would be that are in there that I would like to see uh, separate. But um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, some of the larger titles seem like, you know, Taipei Story seems like one that could uh, yeah, get split absolutely. up. Um, I mean, there, there are plenty. Actually, Tukibukis is a good one, uh, which is actually yeah. coming out soon. So, um, right. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on it as well. I, I haven't ordered Tukibuki yet, and I haven't pre uh, No, I, I'm sorry. I did pre-order this right away. I don't know why. I just clicked it. <laughs> and uh, Amazon said it's okay. Yeah, it, mostly what I do. But, okay, looking forward to it again. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of mixed, you know. I guess I, I like new stuff, but uh, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see uh, Mysterious Object at Noon get yeah. a little more get a little more press. Um, that one's it packaged in there as well, and it's that that movie kind of blew me away more even more so than even some of his other more celebrated movies. So yeah, that's a great example. Um, and, and one thing I, I would love, obviously, this hasn't happened, but if they added something to it, like. You know, maybe a, a few right. other supplements. Um, so so far yeah. they have not done that, but I know that you know they don't have infinite resources. So so okay, well let's move on to uh, May eleventh. Uh, this is a obscure um, film in history. Right. It's called. Uh, uh, I hope I pronounce this correctly. Fast Times at Bridgemont High. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Ride Ridegamont, isn't that or Ridegamont? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but you're, clo- you're close. Yeah. You're close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by Amy Amy Heckerling, mm-hmm. who is um, yeah, a first time in the collection, I think, um, right? Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, it has to be. So what's interesting is this one's been a little controversial. Um, that that's this is one thing I, I kind of get a little bothered by is when you know people obviously the the Criterion Collection is an honor. And we get a lot of art house films, like some uh, that we're going to talk about here shortly. But I don't think that's all it is. And so there's kind of these, just this definition of what is deserving that people have mm-hmm. in mind. And of course, there's always the joke that we have Armageddon and uh, The Rock on uh, Criterion. And then there's others. I've noticed some mainstream films like Breakfast Club jumps out. Um, but some people were really, really angry that this was actually Criterion. Um, so I it's not usually the way I would pose the question, but are you angry yeah. or do you think this is uh, deserving? Well, I mean, I actually don't like the movie very much, but I'm also don't think that it's that that's an issue. What you're describing. I mean, I, I think that the, it's perfectly deserving. I mean, it's a, it's certainly an iconic film from its time and it's, it, uh, it stands out as a, as one that people remember. And, um, I mean, obviously, it's a good business move for Criterion to keep putting out these kind of movies every once in a while. But even on just the point of view of Criterion is trying to get the entire cross-section of cinema, including, you know, popular comedies and um, not just the art house and foreign or, you know, um, world cinema. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's fine that it's there. I mean, it's just not it's not one that I love, but. I don't have an attachment to it. I didn't see it when I was a kid. I, I saw it much later, so that's probably part of it. But, um, yeah. I saw it as a kid, and you can't <laughs> you can't take away that experience. Yeah. Uh, I, so, uh, well, just going to the Criterion uh, 
I guess it's her mission statement, is an important classic in contemporary films. So that's a pretty wide um, wide net. And I think yeah. this uh, this certainly falls into... I, I, I think the, the 80s teen films, you know, Breakfast Club is certainly up there as far as being notable. And I, I, I'm sure there are more that just aren't... I'm not thinking about. But I, I think this one is notable. Even, you know, they have the Jeff Spicoli, the, the stoner. Um, yeah. And there's, you know, I, I wouldn't really think of this as criterion worthy, but there's that uh, that iconic uh, swimming pool scene that uh, is kind of, you know, not that that's something that is, is something that criterion would usually uh, single out or celebrate or anything, but um, but but I, I do like the film, and um, and I'm excited for what uh, for this edition. So, it's, so it's a new transfer. There's a, a commentary. It's an old one from 1999 with um, mm. Heckling and uh, Cameron Crowe. It's, I think that's pretty notable. He was the screenwriter. Yeah, uh, and it kind of makes sense. That well, they Cameron... put him on. They put him. It's kind of rare. They put his name on the uh, cover. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the cover, by the way? I, I think it's kind of rad. Actually, <laughs> that's a great word. It kind of <laughs> it kind of makes me think of you know of the times. It it really. Mm -hmm. um, I I think it I think it's great. Yeah, it's um, fun. Uh, again, I, it's not my. I'm not a big fan of this movie, but I I think the uh, uh, I think the cover looks looks a lot looks really fun. And, uh, but it is kind of interesting that they throw Cameron Crowe up there. Yeah. That, uh, maybe based on his book. Yeah. Maybe his name is more recognizable than the director. And yeah, she's, know. she's worked a lot, but I, I think that's but, certainly the case. Um, and, uh, by the way, the cover was done by Efron Miller, who has done a lot of covers we've liked over the years. So yeah, it's, uh, kind of has that yearbook, uh, with little buttons. Uh, yeah. It looks like a trapper keeper design. Yeah. It does actually, yeah. So, um, Trapper Keeper Fast Times, um, and there's <laughs> some new new supplements. Actually, quite a few. There's a, a television version of the film from the '80s, huh. so that that's weird. Um, so, I usually television versions are um, have less content, especially this one, which actually had was had some nudity, but but this one says it has deleted and alternate scenes. So, uh, hmm. I'm curious about that. And then there's a new conversation with uh, Heckerling and uh, Cameron Crowe, moderated by uh, Olivia Wilde. And then there's a couple older items. There's a, a 1999 documentary. There's an audio discussion from 1982. You know how I feel about those. <laughs> um, English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing. But um, so, are you going to buy this? No, Not I I don't think so. But just speaking of those television versions there that reminds me of that there they did do that a lot in the 80s you know like this i remember superman had that extended version for tv that we had taped off tv and now you can buy it on blu-ray hmm. um and um yeah the, and like uh doesn't didn't robocop have like a, a an alternate version that was that was not just like uh bleeped out words or, or something but like something different i don't know sure i you know i actually have to ask the listeners if uh I mean, i'm sure i know we have a lot of robocop fans and um the one thing is like robocop had some pretty extreme violence so it yeah feel, it feels like it would be too much for tv um right so i, I would think possibly yeah let's ask uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a thing. I, I was alive in the 80s, and I watched movies on TV. Uh, yeah. I remember the commercials more than anything. But um, <laughs> but no, I, I don't remember watching Fast Times on uh, on, on network TV. 
so we'll see. I'll give it a shot. Um, and then in, um, then we have uh, Dor Dorothy Arjuner is back. Uh, you might remember her from Dance Girl Dance. And this is uh, Merrily We Go to Hell. And so this is uh, has Sylvia Sidney and Frederick March. Uh, so I'll give a shout out to Jill Blake, a friend of the show. She's a big uh, Freddie March fan. I actually like this cover a lot too, but I have not seen this. And I'm just going to make a wild guess. Well, I'll just ask, have you seen this? I have not seen this one either. Yeah, no, me neither, it, yeah. It sounds great. Yeah, I've actually heard mixed things. I haven't looked at the reviews, but, um, um, of course, Arzner is notable for being really the only uh, female filmmaker in the code era. I guess Ida Lupino is the other one. Yeah. Um, so it's a short film, 83 minutes. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious what it's like. I'll have to ask uh, Jill or others if this is yeah. uh, any good. But, uh, but it's a 4K transfer. Uh, there's a documentary about Dorothy Arzner from uh, 1983. There's a new video essay from Carl Beauchamp. Um, I, I love uh, video essays. And, again, English subtitles. <laughs> and uh, what, what do you think of the cover? Uh, I love these kind of uh, illustration covers. It's my favorite kind of uh, cover that, if you could call it a genre of cover, that <laughs> that they do, you know, where they get a, a, a good illustrator and sort of get in the flavor of the old-style posters but not just replicate the old poster. Yeah, so Sonia Kretschmar. And uh, and one thing I like about this is it seems like there's a lot of attention to the background. Mm -hmm. um, so, in, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect from this movie, but since it's obviously a marriage portrayal and the title is Merrily We Go to Hell, uh, it seems a little tongue-in-cheek. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I Dance Cold Dance was, uh, was really... Uh, interesting and uh look forward to seeing what else she worked on i think she worked on many many pictures so hopefully uh, yeah they call it a scathing early feminist commentary on modern marriage so there you go um, well moving right along then uh we have up i think this might be the biggest title of the um of the month is hu xiao shen's flowers of shanghai yeah uh first off are, have you watched a lot of uh taiwanese New Taiwanese cinema? Um, my familiarity is mostly Edward Yang. Um, I've seen as many Yang films as I can. So you mentioned Taipei Story earlier, which might be uh, Hu Xiaoxin's only other appearance in the collection as an actor, right? That's uh, right. Not, not as a, this is his first film as a director in the collection, isn't that right? I, yeah, yeah, it is. It is right. Um, I think it's. So, I think we've expected him at some point. He's just yeah. too notable to not join the collection. I think it's right. more about the rights. But yeah, I forgot he acted in that film. Um, yeah, he's yeah. a legend. I have. I've seen a few of his, but not this one. Have you seen seen others by him? I have not. Um, you know, I think his work has been fairly difficult to see in. Uh, in in legal ways here in the u.s that's true I, yeah a I, lot of it I think for the most part or or in good quality ways I, I think and that's a strange thing about that new taiwanese cinema so grateful that again back to the wcp project that they've brought so much of that edward yang um filmography to be available um but this one looks it looks great. Um, I know this is this is on the sight and sound list, right? This film. Pretty. Sh I'm pretty sure it's. I know the Puppet Master is. Is this one? 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, usually I have that. I know the ones I need to see. But, yeah. Uh, so it's possible I just omitted this one or for, forgot it. But I, I have a few to see. Uh, either way, I, he's. Um, I, I watched the trailer, the restoration trailer, and wow, it looks uh, stunning. So I, I, if that's uh, any indication of how this will look. And speaking of stunning, I think this is the cover of the month. Uh, this cover yeah. just blows me away. Um, who's the artist here? Victor Ngai, N-G-A-I. Um, yeah, this this cover looks amazing. It's it's quite beautiful. Yeah, this is I, this is one one I'd actually like to buy just to to have and put on my wall. It just looks, yeah. looks super gorgeous. Um, and there's um, so the one thing that was great about the um, some of the Tony uh, uh, Edward Yang, sorry, I'm thinking Tony Rains, is mm-hmm. that they um, they kind of uh, I, I forget which which title had the uh, history of uh, the new Taiwan cinema, uh, but uh, Hu Xiao Shen was a major fixture in that uh, that documentary. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was on uh, a brighter summer day disc. I think you're right. Yeah. So uh, as fitting, uh, we have a new inter- introduction by uh, Tony Raines, who lately I've been see- seeing uh, doing a-, a lot with noir films, um, which seems a little out of his um, his norm, but uh, he's mm, yeah. very, very, very adept. Um, and there's a-, a new documentary called Beautified Realism on the making of the film. It's by uh, Daniel Rain, Rain and uh, Eugene Suen, S-U-E-N. So this sounds... Uh, Fantastic! Um, it's just uh, it's about the making of the film, but um, has a lot of uh, behind the scenes, some interviews. So, um, so yeah, that that sounds great. Uh, a 2015 interview with uh, Hu, uh, Hu Hu Xiaoxian, recorded for the Academy. Um, so I, I don't, that's interesting. Or the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Oral History Project. Uh, I have mm. not heard of that specific project. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they give any any sort of nods to, uh, to him. And, yeah. uh, I, one thing that's cool, I think Tony Raines did the s- subtitles. So he's a, you know, just a main, uh, huge fan of uh, Asian cinema, but especially Taiwanese. Um, yeah. Did you hear that his commentary on a brighter summer day? Oh yes. I, uh, last time I watched it wasn't that long ago. I think it was this last year. I watched it with that commentary, which is, it's fairly indispensable for someone like me that, you know, that, culture and especially that era is you know I, I don't know a whole lot about it it's just I didn't grow up over there and he really makes that epic film a lot more accessible and and a lot of the nuances of it that would just pass right by you as a um, a viewer from America he makes that come alive so yeah it's great yeah he's a champ I Tony Raines is just a brilliant and um and yeah, also the history as well. I, I, I have a history degree, and I think I remember some uh, Taiwan coming up in school, but uh, mm-hmm. not to that extent. And, and, and I think really that's an a important um, piece of that film. So yeah, more, uh, more, my, more Taiwanese uh, cinema, go Criterion. Thank you. Absolutely. And to round it out, we have uh, Edmund Goulding's uh, Nightmare Alley. So I, I've seen this one, and it's a trip. Um, <laughs> have you seen it? No, this I people were really excited about this online though, and so it sounds fascinating. I I, I do want to see it. Yeah, I forget. I, I want to say I saw it on disc somewhere. Um, I I could be mistaken, but it's yeah, it's it's crazy. It's kind of a 
I was going to say carnival-esque, but it's actually, it's literally a carnival. So it's, it's uh, literally carnival-esque. Yeah, yeah. And it has uh, Tyrone Power and um, I forget who else, but uh, I'm just looking to see what other home home video releases it's had. Uh, but yeah, the, so again, an interesting cover. Um, <laughs> has somebody hanging upside down with a noose and sort of a, a, a carnival-esque uh, costume. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Escape artist. Escape artist, yeah. This is a. I, I remember watching this. Uh, John Blondell is also in it, and uh, it's by, um, yeah, Golding, as I mentioned. It's uh, bonkers, is what I'd say, but it's really, really good. Uh, it's one of those kind of, you know, you understand why it became, why it got a following because of how uh, outside of the norm it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I look forward to you seeing this. Um, it has a commentary from 2005. It's probably from another release and a new interview with uh, Imogen Sarah Smith, who's always great. Mm-hmm. Uh, also new interview with performer and historian Todd Robbins. Hmm. Uh, that's a new one. And then there's something from uh, 2007 with actor Colleen Gray. So I'm guessing she was in the film. And then there's an audio interview with Henry King, uh, who discusses uh, Tyron Power. And uh, there's an essay by Kim Morgan. We've seen her a lot on Criterion. I think Blu-ray.com mm-hmm. is timed out. Yeah, Blu-ray.com is, is not uh, helping me out here. Uh, but, yeah, you looking forward to it? Yeah, definitely. I wonder if that Todd Robbins, if he's something to do with circus or something or carnivals. It says performer and historian. It's an unusual way to describe somebody. That so. We have this thing called Google, so I'm going to... Yeah. Google Todd Robbins. If only there were some way we could. <laughs> yes, he's a magician and lecturer. There you so go. yeah, great, great, great fit. Good call. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is. Uh, I think a lot of people will, will come to. Um, this is going to be one of those weird, <laughs> weird discoveries for a lot of people. Yeah. I think I think you'll enjoy it, Josh. Yeah, cool. And that's uh that's May. So uh, so obviously you haven't seen a lot. Are there a few I haven't seen. So, uh, what do you think of the month overall? Um, as far as excitement well, meter. I mean, for me, out of all of those movies, you know, the uh, Flowers of Shanghai is one I would probably buy sight unseen. Yeah. Um, and uh, any time that a movie that's on the BFI list, uh, sight and sound list, comes out is probably a pretty big deal, even if it's one of the – it's lower on the list, but it's it's on there. So. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so I, I'm – yeah, and I do want to see more new Taiwanese cinema, and it's a new um, era for me. And even even trances, even though I was hearing mixed um, reviews of that as a film, I'd I'd like to see it. So I'll probably check that one out on the channel at some point. Yeah, some good uh, discoveries, and, and yeah, I, I, that's already on the channel. But I would expect uh, probably you know Nightmare Alley and Merrily We Go to Hell will probably end up on the channel. Not sure about yeah. past times, but. Obviously, you don't like it, so that's... Yeah, and I've seen not, it, so it's fine. Right, yeah. yeah. Not gonna, and you can see that in other ways right. if needed. So that's May. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Some discoveries. I agree that Flowers of Shanghai is probably the uh, the treasure of the month, but, um, yeah, it's not up with up there with, you know, with, uh, we have World of One Car Y coming out, so that's... Um, yeah. Yeah, some, so on that note, I'll, I'll talk about some of the recent releases, uh... So we just got, actually, I got it today, um, uh, Chop Suey, Man Push Cart, and Smooth Talk. And then the week prior, we had uh, Mandabi by Usman Semben and The Parallax View, which I actually just watched uh, yesterday. 
Uh, any um, highlights from there, from that group? Um, I I have not seen any of those movies, and the uh, the parallax view sounds really great uh, because I'm I'm really like a lot of that uh, '70s paranoid kind of '60s '70s paranoid type cinema. But um, I was hearing <laughs> I got a I heard a lot on Twitter about that one because people were really not really digging the the book lit essay that came with it. Really? Huh. That yeah, it was it was pretty roundly um discussed for about a day on on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so people didn't like the the actual essay? The essay, yeah. The huh. essay they thought was not a really good take on the movie, which is not usually the case with criterion releases. Usually those are quite insightful, but uh, I'll have yeah. to read it. Um, yeah, it's it's actually really strange to hear people even call out the essay. I, I kind of wonder how many people even read them. Um, I, I think it was um, from <laughs> various critics that were like, I could have done better <laughs> kind of thing. But, but yeah, it didn't sound like um, – it sounded like an odd take from what I know of the film. So, But anyways, I, I mean, yeah. Well, um, it's I just, good, good more African cinema as well. Yeah, I, I wish it was online. The one thing that is tough with essays is that they're you know these these are small print. Mm-hmm. It's really tough to read these in the even on the booklets. Um, I, I actually I, I shouldn't complain. I have not opened the, the essay. It might be a, the very large print for all I know. But I'll I'll check it out. I, I just rewatched it yesterday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And um and I think this is really a a, a gem of seventies cinema. In fact. Uh, uh, Pacula's Paranoia trilogy—they're all good, but I, I think this is a, the highlight. Um, yeah, and it's it, and it's probably the most paranoid of the Paranoia trilogy. You know, I mean, all the presidents been—that happened, so it's mm-hmm. not very paranoid. Clued is you know pretty. Yeah, I guess it's out there, but uh, but this one is um, I, I think without Parallax View, they wouldn't call it the Paranoia trilogy. So um, mm-hmm. recommend that. I do recommend the Barani um film Man Push Cart. And uh, I, I call it Shop Suey, but it's Shop Shop. Big, big difference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah I, that's very different, yeah. I heard great things about Smooth Talk. So I, I, and um, Mandabi, you know, another yeah. Usman Senben. I think that's his second film. So that's, um, I think Black Girl was his first. I, I could yeah. be mistaken. No, you're right. And then um, coming soon, we have uh, Tuki Buki. So that's another WCP um, Yeah. I, I kind of do hope it's not every single month we get one of these for the next right. six months. It does but. seem like a strange strategy, but I mean, on, on the other hand, the um, the boxes are, uh, you know, for the kind of moderate, you know, the kind of person like me who has a pretty limited budget for going in on physical media to those boxes are a big kind of, mm-hmm. you know, even though you know it's going to be good, you kind of wonder what your replay uh, amount it's going to be out of them uh, if you've not seen them because they they've tended to be lesser lesser seen or lesser celebrated films in those boxes for the most part and that's so. kind of the, kind of the point which uh yeah, but yeah you're right they probably don't right. sell as much it's, it, it's yeah. great that they highlight this obscure world cinema but um yeah and this is another way one person did speculate that it might have to do with the new york times article and um mm. oh and that they're trying to, you know, just maybe put out more more diverse filmmakers, yeah, I, like yeah. individually highlight them instead of just put yeah, I, yeah, put them all I, in a box, yeah. I guess there there could be something to that. I I don't think they I think they they would be a little more transparent about that, but yeah, uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, 
Then we also have uh, Celine and Julie go boating, uh, which is something else. Uh, have you seen that? No, I, I haven't. I've only seen, um, I think, uh, one of his films. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's crazy. It's 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 great. But, I, it's really yeah. I'm gonna get to it. I'm definitely gonna get to it. It's there's another one on the sight and sound list. So uh, is it if you're making. Or? Uh, well, no, I mean that is another one, but yeah, oh, right, on right. too. But if you're going to make your way through it, you're going to have to contend with those. Um, <laughs> yeah, at some point. <laughs> yeah, Satan so. Tango is still on my my shelf, and I'm waiting for the <laughs> the eight hour or seven hours, I think it is, yeah. to to get through it. Yeah, uh, Celine Julie is only three hours, so um, yeah. but it's it's very very strange. Uh, I I like it a lot, but I I know the people that don't, and I I understand that viewpoint as well. Mm-hmm. And then we have our our um, next big box set is uh, coming out soonish, which is uh, the world of Wong Kar Wai. Uh, yeah. So speaking of great uh, Asian cinema, I can't think yeah. of much greater. So uh, are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I I, I definitely want to find a, a time when I can save up for that one and, and get it. Um, I have seen several of his films. Um, not not everyone in that box, but um, yeah, I sold my DVD of. Um, 2046 um because i thought okay i'm gonna eventually get that one car white box set when i mean i saw i let it go after i knew about the the (laughs) box set coming out and i was like okay and i i have not picked up any of his individual releases even though i've been tempted many times by uh, in the mood for love and things like that but but yeah i would definitely like to to get that one yeah, I mean, I I can't wait. I, I will get that one, but um, but I'm a big fan. And you're, I I haven't seen a few of those as well. So I, I think I'll probably tackle that. Um, like I'm tackling the Fellini, which um I'll talk about here shortly. But uh, yeah, just go in order. A little at a time, or yeah, and also just rewatch the ones I've seen, just because it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, looking forward to it. And um, on that note, I think we're getting. So did you get the gift card? Uh. In the yes, yeah. So of course we're recording on uh, February twentieth. So I'm guessing the flash sale is going to be on Tuesday, which is the twenty second, uh, no, twenty third, right? Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, twenty third. So by the t- so this show won't be out by the twenty second by the twenty third. So um, by the time you hear this, I'll either be proven wrong or right. <laughs> But they did mention the the flash sale in the uh, the email, so I, I think it's pretty likely. If it's not this week, it's probably going to be the week after that. Um, do, do you do you wait for flash sales to to pick up stuff? Or I do, but I'm like I'm pretty modest in my purchases. Usually, I I usually get a couple things, you know, one or two things because I I keep it uh, I keep it pretty modest, like I said. But even if you only buy one thing, you still come out ahead if you got one of those coupons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if the because the shipping is you know five or six bucks, but even still, you get less than half price. So and not it's a nice little you, treat. If you if you spend over fifty dollars, you get free shipping. So yes, I know. I that's, know. That's often the the barrier. Like if if it's <laughs> if I don't have fifty dollars, I I don't bother. Uh, but probably with the the gift card, um, I think uh, the only one I have is Crash that I have to buy. Um, I did get the Arrow version, but you know what? I screwed up, and I thought I bought the 4K Arrow, but I bought the the Blu-ray Arrow by mistake. So sh- oh. shame on me. But it was a good film. Weird. Okay, well, um, so interesting stuff coming going on. Um, w- one thing that struck me, 
and I, I kind of this struck my funny bone a little bit. Um, actually, Chris Tover shared in our group, but I guess it was on Reddit. Uh, people were talking about uh, Godard's Pierre LeFou, and it appears that there was one section where they had the wrong, um, I guess, color grading. They actually used. Uh, What's weird is there was supposed to be like an overlay of green over the scene. I'll, I'll put yeah. the link in the show notes. It's in the, the Criterion Now group. And uh, Michael uh, sh- shared from um, the 2016 restoration, which looks like a normal normal scene. Yeah. Um, and then and then there's uh, there's the one and it you know, has a white background, and that looks like that's what the scene should like look like. But then right. you look at it on the um, the correct version, and it has that green, um, I guess. Filter, filter. Yeah. yeah, and it it looks unnatural. But of course, if you know Godard's work, uh, his does is not always supposed to look natural. Right. So I guess uh, you can um, you can follow up and get an up, updated disc. They're going to do another sec- second pressing. Um, I, I, of course, my joke was, is there a teal version? But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, do you did you get Pierre Lefou when it came back? No, in I did. I didn't. I saw. I, I saw it. Um... I think I watched it on the Criterion Channel, or maybe even on Filmstruck when it was when R.I.P. But right. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so but I, that's a striking scene, and if and when I saw those two images, I was like, oh yeah, I certainly remember that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has, uh, incidentally, Nicholas Ray as a cameo in it, right? Yep. Isn't it? Yeah. So and Sam uh, Fuller, another. Or oh, sorry, sorry, Sam Fuller. My bad. Yeah, I'm I, I'm thinking about all of these instances of Criterion directors that are acting in other Criterion, uh, <laughs> in other Criterion films. But yeah, that's been so, what you brought to the show, Josh. That's been <laughs> what I brought to the show today. Yeah, and it's going to happen again. So <laughs> spoiler alert. But uh, yeah, so that I was looking at that and I was thinking the 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 non green version. I was kind of like, how could they possibly even have that? But I guess they said it was it was restored from the original camera negative, and that must have been a post process that they did. Not obviously when they filmed it, they had to just film it normally. But I guess they didn't put the green light or the green filter in the to do it in the camera. So that's just a very interesting problem to have, you know, as far as restorations goes. And yeah, it's it's strange, but it makes sense. You know, uh, Godard is very up there in age, and and I'm sure everybody who worked on the film, um, you know, I could see it being overlooked. But uh, also knowing Godard is kind of combative, I'll bet he was pissed <laughs> <laughs> if he if he knew about it. But uh, I'm, I'm glad they're fixing it. Uh, I, I'm personally not gonna not gonna really care. Um, I guess I'll 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 see I'll watch the scene and and just imagine it in green. I, I haven't watched the um, this uh, new new disc, even though I did get it. Yeah. I still have the the other one that's out of print, so maybe I'll compare the two. Well, it, it sounds like it's maybe even just the shot, that particular shot. But mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, doesn't it cut back and forth between that green uh, image and a red one or something, and maybe back and forth? I'll get back to you on that, Josh. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's a great film. I, I I'm I'm kind of hot, hot and cold with Godard, but I, I really love Pierre Lefou, so um. Yeah, it's yeah. just a matter of time before I get back to it. Yeah, I'm not um, as hot and cold. I'm more cold and cold on Godard, but <laughs> um, I, there's still so many of his earlier films that, like Alphaville, that I haven't seen that I'm I really want to give him a shot. But mm. uh, yeah, 
If you're cold I, and cold on Godard, Alphaville is not the way to, <laughs> the way to Well, maybe up. maybe it's the one that, you know, I mean, I hear lots of mixed opinions on that one, too. So yeah. maybe that one will be my, up my alley because, you know, even something like um, Contempt, it, it, I like just didn't really like it. I, okay. I mean, if, but, if you didn't like I mean, and I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I, it's like I liked the opening titles of Contempt. I thought that was the best part. And then <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the. The part, yeah. Anyways, it was, um, yeah. I I did subject myself to Histoire du, du Cinema, uh, and I, I I got through the whole thing, and yeah. So I bear a grudge. I've heard. Uh, I, I have not gotten through that, but um, but I think Contempt and uh, and Pierre Lefou are probably the most accessible of yeah. his films. So uh, that's if you if you if you didn't find anything there then um yeah i think the it's diminishing returns from mr goddard <laughs> well i said breathless i mean I, breathless is incredible. yeah yeah actually I, that, that's what i'm cold on so i, I need to give it another another try yeah. so we have a, a lot of rumored likely to come to criterion um more so mm-hmm. than usual but i'm gonna focus on a few here first off uh ickery xb-1 the uh famous czech sci-fi film has a, a poster at Janus Films, which looks fantastic. Yeah. I think this is going to be another big uh, discovery. Um, that's yeah. why I guess I, I don't watch 70 films a month, but I've seen a, a few films, and I just love people discovering films that I love. I don't know. Yeah. Have that's seen, a great one. Have I have seen, seen it. Seen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. I I think what I said when I saw it, it's like the very best of Star Trek. Um, you know, in that it's just in terms of the tone and, and, and stuff like that, it's more, it's a little more serious science fiction. Um, the, some of this model work on it is a little less convincing than maybe some other movies, but <laughs> that's kind of not, you know, you don't get hung up on that. Um, uh, it's, um, it's really an extraordinary movie. Yeah. Yeah. And ahead of its time too. I, I think yeah. it was in the early sixties, I forget, forget the date, but, um, yeah, that's, that's exciting. So I can't wait. Yeah. And also exciting is um, is there is our new Janus pages for uh, the the Four Seasons. I don't know what, what you call it. The Seasons. It's not a trilogy, but uh, Eric Romero's quadrilogy: <laughs> a Tale of Springtime, a Tale of Winter, a Summer's Tale, and Autumn Tale. So that's from the uh, the '90s, and I've only seen one of those. But that's uh, but I've seen the ma- vast majority of his other work, and um, not quite. 100% love it but um but like a lot of it. And yeah. I've, and the one of these I've seen is uh fantastic, a summer's tale. Uh so I I am guessing box set. I I don't see any other way they would put it out. Um, yeah. have you seen these or do you have any thoughts I, on No, I have not. Yeah, I've only seen a couple of his films. I've seen a couple of the Six Moral Tales and they were lovely um and really a lot to a lot to to think about and a lot to to see, you know, um, in those films. So, uh, yeah, this would be definitely something I will eventually get to. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, I, I recommend all of them. They're all, they're all, all like very, very watchable. Um, I mean, yeah. when I, I, I hate that phrase. I hate saying watchable. Right. As sure. If something is not, but, um, but they're, yeah, they're easy, easy to watch, I should say. Yeah. And there's also Miracle in Milan, which is uh, Vittoria De Sica, who mm-hmm. is um who's been in the collection, you know, he's a neorealist master. This is one of his uh, his earlier films, kind of a magical realism. Um I, I think it's remarkable. I have uh I think it's Masters of Cinema. Have you seen this one? 
No, but I I definitely want to see more of his films. I I um, I use Bicycle Thieves in my uh, class with my students, and uh, um, yeah, I love I love Bicycle Thieves, and uh, so yeah, I, I I I've been long wanting to get to more of his filmography. Yeah, Umberto D. Of course, is already on the collect in the collection. I, I think there have been others. I'm racking my brain. Uh, maybe not. Uh, yeah, the w- weird thing about him is he then, you know, he had his neorealism phase, and then he got into mm-hmm. like romantic comedies that uh, I think kind of mixed. I, I haven't, I haven't seen many. I've seen a couple, um, but um, but I would, I think Miracle Milan is something people will will treasure. It's a good film. Yeah. And then here we go. Uh, speaking of obscure, we have um, there's an article from uh, Magyar Film. It's in Norwegian. And it announces that uh, Criterion has acquired the rights to 20, or I said Norwegian, Hungarian, excuse me. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, sense a lot of Magyar's. people get those mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've acquired rights to uh, 20 Hungarian films. And yeah. uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's it's not in English, so you'll have to use your, um, your I guess, Google Chrome or whatever browser translator. Um, I, I looked at the directors. It does not have, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Satan Tank. It does not have Bellatar, who's of course mm. very notable. I didn't recognize a lot, but um, but exciting. I love to see a, another culture. Uh, so yeah, Josh. Yeah. Any anything about Hungarian films? I mean, I've only seen um, one Bellatar film, and it wasn't Satan Tanko. <laughs> so it was Turin Horse, and so yeah, it's a whole it's a whole nation of whole language of um, uh, language group of films. That's another world to explore yeah I, I most likely kind of like the Czech films if if they did get this license then I my, my feeling is they'll either a put them on the channel with you know some some releases or B just release like one every few months or so but still yeah. it's a uh, nice to see um like like from what I could tell is this was not um, these were pretty high pedigree filmmakers that uh, they acquired i just don't know know them personally so right always looking to discover more so the last one is some hype that i'm going to plant and it's mm-hmm. somewhat based in you know it, it's grounded in realism because there was something online about Satyajit ray and it is his 100th birthday this year so i'm planting the rumor that i think we well the thing is we're, we're we haven't had a, a ray film in um in a couple of years now, I think Hero was the last one. I think Hero, yeah. And there's a number that are that are out there. Of course, there's the Eclipse set from that. I'm sure they have good good prints of that. I'm think I'm I'm planting the seed for Satyajit Ray 100 box set this year. I, I don't know. What do you think? I I don't know. It could end up being like Wells 100, but um, but uh, I I would say I would rather it be more like Fellini 100. You know, um. Yeah, I love Satyajit Ray. Um, I know you do too. He, you know, I've seen only the kind of maybe the most popular of his films, like the Apu trilogy, Big City, um, Charlotte, and um, my maybe my favorite, which is Music Room. But mm, yeah, um, that's a great one. Those, I mean, and all of them are wonderful. I mean, they're all at great films to up to masterpieces. So. Um, so and I and I keep wanting to get through the the remainder of his filmography at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean Satyajit Ray, 
Yeah, more Sacha de Rego Criterion. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was. It's been a while, but like five or six years ago, there was, and I think we talked about it either on this cast or or maybe Criterion Close Up. But there was an announcement that Criterion had acquired the, the rights to all his films. Of course, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Who knows yeah. if that was true, and who knows, you know, the time period. These kind of rights are very complicated. Right. But the one thing is I mean, they, ha- they have a lot already, so... Yeah, know, this and a whole bunch of them are on the... Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, go ahead. Please. I'm just saying a whole bunch of them are on the uh, channel as well, including, I think, some that haven't been put out on disc. Really? Okay. I th- yeah. I think. I'm not... I could look, but... <laughs> I could, too. I'm, I'm <laughs> prompting me for my password. Let's see. See if I remembered it. Um, I'm going to search right now, so... This is exciting podcast material. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sorry, I, I I prompted it. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Uh, search. This is fascinating. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot. You're right. A whole lot that um, that's not. Um, I, I don't remember. I don't have the eclipse set, so I don't remember what all is on that. I know it's just, it's. Is there just one eclipse set? The late ray. Yeah, late ray. Yeah, which is really good. Yeah. Um, but, right, but I, and I haven't seen any of those films, like I said. But um, I mean to get to them eventually, and there's there's a bunch of stuff on there. There is, so, yeah. I'm just some of them are kind of shorter features, and some of them are. Yeah, you know. I think the model makes sense. You know, they already have a lot of these films. This is the case for Bergman, Fellini, Varda. Yeah. Um, so they'll be reprinting some, and uh, and it seems like these sell pretty well. So I'm yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm shipping this. It, uh, I'm still holding out. Say. I'm still holding out hope. This may be my one time on your podcast, so I'm gonna put it out <laughs> there into the universe. I'm still holding out hope for a, a, a Kurosami box set. So, ooh, yeah, that yeah. was rumored too. Um, yeah. Now, of course, it's gonna be a waste until we get to 100. But right. Um, well, yeah. But uh, I mean, for him, I, I, what I really want to see is like a set of all of his shorts and educational features, and just kind of like the uncollected works of Kirstami, you know, the stuff that's that's a little more obscure. Yeah, well, there's a lot, lot, lot left to mine. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I could be wrong. been wrong before. Uh, speaking of Orson Welles, <laughs> I was yeah. convinced. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, you, you will be back. So uh, we, we've kind of slowed down so that this year with the pandemic, but I, th- I think we're going to speed back up. So on that note, um, let's get to short takes. This is just right. a film we've seen from the, the Criterion Collection lately. So, uh, Josh, what do you got? Yeah, so just I was able to um, see on the channel um, Madame De, the earrings, sometimes the earrings of Madame De. And uh, that was my first uh, Ophuls film to see. And it was wonderful. Um, and uh, speaking of directors in the Criterion channel that, or in Criterion Collection that are in another Criterion film. And speaking of Vittorio De Sica, he's one of the three leads in that film. Um, so it was very interesting to see him acting in a film that was hmm. so stylistically and thematically different than something like Bicycle Thieves or any kind of neorealism, you know. Um, and see him in this very aristocratic period piece, um, uh, and it's kind of a fable, but not, but a very, not a fable, but you know, mm. very, very symbolist, symbol, symbol laden film with the earrings and all that. And, um, 
and uh, it's just interesting to see that film. You probably know more about it than I do with Opals. He's not a director I've really studied his biography or his films yet. So, but um, I loved it, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of his his films. So, yeah, he's a he's a treasure, uh, no no doubt. Uh, I, I haven't seen you know I've probably seen somewhere between five and 10, probably more towards the the lower number there. Um, It it seems like, did he work in several different countries? Yeah. Well, he worked in in several different languages. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe it was America. A letter from an unknown woman is, Uh, wasn't that English? Um, Yeah, I think so. That was a great, they may have, they may have had a couple, that one may have had a couple different versions. No, I'm pretty sure it was English. I, I, yeah. I mean, Oh no, I was thinking, I'm sorry. I was thinking of indiscretion of American wife, which is, okay. To seek it, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, Lola Montez is in the collection, and that I, I like that one a lot, but not everybody does. Uh, Plaisir is, I think that's just DVD. Mm. Ron is, um, I can't remember if that's DVD or not, but yeah, he's he's huge. So you know, of course, the new wave came out, and they abandoned a lot of their their forebears. But yeah. he, I think he's been you know universally celebrated by by French cinema and and and. Uh, plenty of other filmmakers as well. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, one thing I remember about, uh, the earrings of Madame De, I haven't seen it in a little bit, but I remember there being controversy about the print when it came out, kind of like children of paradise. Um, mm. now do you remember? And, and when I saw it, I didn't see, I didn't think, okay, this looks terrible. Uh, but one thing with, uh, restorations is, you know, it's always relative to what it looked like yeah. in the first place, but did anything strike you as uh, not looking up to snuff? No, I mean, I saw it streaming on the Criterion channel, and, you know, I mean, it, it probably looks better on Blu-ray, but or I assume it's on Blu-ray, but um, it's it looked great to me. I, I didn't see anything that made me think, wow, they sure should have stepped up their game on this film. No, no, it looked great. In fact, you know, the, the sort of technical mastery of, of the film and, and the camera movements and and everything was, you know, like uh, it was so much like Hollywood in its prime, um, old Hollywood in its prime, uh, you know, studio filmmaking in a way. But um, uh, the ability, the resources he must have had to be able to pull that off. So, and then the the print itself, I I didn't know that there was a problem with it. If there was, I didn't see it. So, well, yeah, he's a master, and uh, and that's that's why he's uh, so respected. Is just his um, his finesse behind the camera so i would uh, certainly recommend more um more opals yeah well speaking of masters my my piece of or my short take is uh knights of kiberia so i've been going uh, mostly in order in the fellini set in fact as it as it stands i'm watching i'm re-watching eight and a half and i, I would have uh, continued if not for this podcast but um but <laughs> i've seen it before so it's uh and it's a pretty easy movie to break up yeah it's yeah. a little a little bit longer uh, but I'm a, and eight and a half is is great. But Knights of Liberia, and this was my second time watching it. But it, it my first time was probably a good ten fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. maybe even longer. Yeah, I think I think longer because eight and a half was my first Fellini. I I think this was second, and um and yeah. So this this is a special special film, and uh, Messina's performance is just out of sight. Uh, but I've really dug into this. A little more uh, on this watch. Um, 
of course, this is one of one of my favorite performances. I mean, I hate to get hyperbolic, but like in the history of cinema is her, mm. her lead performance. She does so much with her face and her voice, and I just think she's magic, just generally. But I, the one thing I thought about more as I watched this time is the peripheral characters, and uh, and then there's this. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's this uh, this mercy scene where they they go to the Madonna, and they're asking for mercy. And I just thought, I, as I followed the other characters, you know, I think everybody had everybody had flaws, and um, everybody was looking for some sort of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, forgiveness, I should say, or, or, or you know, mercy, yeah, for lack of a better word. And um, and I don't know if anybody really deserved it. I think Kabiria did for sure, for sure, but uh, but yeah, it, it blew me away. And uh, again. And I'd say it's up there with La Dolce Vita for my favorite uh, Fellini, and mm. then uh, eight and a half. We'll, we'll see how I, I I feel on the other side of this, but uh, you know it's it's kind of uh, that and like uh, Lestrade are kind of kind of next up. Did you? I I know you mentioned you don't buy everything. Did you get the Fellini box? No, I did not. I've I've seen uh, I haven't seen Knights of Kabiri either. And wasn't it was that one that was sort of out of print for a while? Or it was um, just on DVD and it was... Yeah, I think it was on DVD. It, it might have been so. a Studio Canal situation. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I forget. Um, highly recommend it. Um, I don't yeah. know if it's going to be on the channel. but um. Yeah, I'll definitely try to catch up with that at some point. I, I mean, I, I've seen La Strada only once and it was incredibly memorable. Uh, so, you know, heartbreaking film with uh, similarly... Uh, striking performance by uh, Juliette Messina, but uh, yeah, so I, I look forward to catching up with that one. Yeah, if you like La Strada, uh, then I think Cabiria uh, is up your alley. Um, Great. Well, that's that's it for the main show. We just have our piece of flair, which is uh, everything that's not Criterion related. So, um, anything lately that you've been watching that has um, has excited you? Yeah, I actually, I mean, I know this is very uh, mainstream, but uh, <laughs> I just watched uh, rewatched the first two Godfather films because um, I finally picked them up on Blu-ray. Which, speaking uh, to people that are uh, physical media collectors, I just picked up whatever Blu-ray set was available on Amazon, and it was uh, it was like I forget what it was called. It was like the Corleone Legacy Edition or something, and it <laughs> it came with some of the silliest um, bits of pieces of flair, if you will, <laughs> in it. It had a little paper frame with and then little um, cardboard pictures that you could slide in there to choose between one of Marlon Brando and then two different ones of uh, Al Pacino. So um, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to be putting that together and putting it on my desk at work because, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, those movies are, of course, incredible uh, films, and they, they have different resonances over the years, you know. This time I was really struck by the just kind of it, reading it as kind of a fable of, of America, you know, not that this is original reading, but, you know, the idea that people come here, they're kind of outcast, then they have to do bad things to get ahead. And then once they have power, you know, to get power, and it's just kind of like a mythical truth about a lot of things that go on here. <laughs> but I, and I literally just got in the mail today, the, the new cut of the, the re cut retitled Godfather three. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of was prepping to see that version. So I haven't watched it yet. Have you seen that one? I I saw Godfather three like the original cut back in the day, mm -hmm. and I remember kind of like being underwhelmed like everybody else. 
Yeah. Although, you know, it's been so long, you know, that's the nineties. So it's been, yeah. I don't really remember specifics. Um, and I, I, I had the, so I just looked up that, the, the one you, you bought and that's the most recent. So our, I, I'm guessing these are uh, higher quality transfers. Um, I, I have, um, one I from... think it's literally the same version as <laughs> what the Coppola restoration is that yeah. it's called that. Because it's really the same disc inside the package. They just changed the package. Really? And okay. Then, and I had to buy the part three separately. So, okay. Uh, well, the, I don't feel the, the coda. Whatever. Right, right. Uh, I don't feel bad then because I have the Coppola restoration. Yeah. So, um, I think it's just a re repackage of that same disc. So, yeah. I'd say, I mean, you can argue that it's in, you know, it's mainstream as far as celebrated uh, historical films, but I, you know, I mean, it's from the 70s. Yeah. So it's uh, not 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 a lot of kids have seen it, and I, I think <laughs> um, Godfather is a, a good way to get people into film too, uh, and, yeah. and to, to talk about the whole corporate America through yeah. portrayal through the mob. I think it's a a good way to it's a good in. So well done. Um, mine is a little a little bit a little bit fun. Um, I've I don't know why I've I've really been enjoying Disney Plus of all things. Um, <laughs> And so, and I'm not a Marvel guy, but I am in love with WandaVision. Uh, I don't know if you watch this, but it's basically it's it's so, so different from anything else Marvel's done. But it's the these characters, uh, Wanda, I think Scarlet Witch is her name, Elizabeth Olsen, mm -hmm. and then uh, Paul Bettany uh, is Vision. So if you watch the Avengers, you know who these people are. And if you don't, you right. probably shouldn't watch this because you're not going to get it. Um, <laughs> but they. They have a, a weird take on um, on you know old old TV shows, and they uh, the last one was actually they're they're getting to modern times. It's later in the season, and this is not a spoiler, but uh, it, they kind of covered uh, you know the Office and uh, Modern Family type of uh, format, and then you know there's uh, a Brady Bunch type of film or type of a format they um, captured a few episodes ago. And um, and one thing I'm finding, and one thing I like about this weekly format, and I say weekly format like it's novel, you know, you know networks have been right. this for <laughs> years, but you know, as opposed to the Netflix format, is I I found found that I'm really looking. It's almost like appointment viewing for me. Every Friday, I'll I'll, I'll watch it at some point. And um and and I found that I even though I don't get into like the MCU or comics or anything, but I'm digging like reading you know rumors and and all that. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. yeah, really, really fun, and uh, there's just only a couple episodes remaining, and then I guess we're gonna get uh, the Falcon and I don't know the Winter Soldier, I think it is. So, so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch that too. But um, that they're nice light pandemic <laughs> TV oh, yeah. shows. So um, have you watched anything from Disney Plus? I I have not um, watched WandaVision. I've been a little interested, but I got kind of burned on MCU stuff. Just got tired of it, you know, like it was just there's a point. It's the same thing with Star Wars. I'm like a recovering Star <laughs> Wars mega fan personally. And I just got to the point where it was just like there was just too much of it. And my own personal kind of desire to usually I like to see everything and get into everything. But when there's that much stuff, yeah, it, it just gets kind of like too much. And I kind of just burn out on it instead. But uh, but not to take away from people that are uh, most people have really enjoyed it. So I, I might check, you know, because I, I watched The Mandalorian. 
uh, with my with my boys. I watched that and we enjoyed it. And it was fun, you know. Yeah. And it's like I'm glad to be the kind of casual Star Wars fan now that can just be like, <laughs> yeah, I watched The Mandalorian. It was fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting into the nitty gritty, the um, and we we started watching uh, yesterday with my younger kids. We started watching Muppet Show because they just put that on. Nice, yeah. Like the whole old Muppet Show, the, yeah. the original oh, from classic. the late seventies, and we watched about three episodes of that, and and that was super fun. So, yeah, I, I don't have kids, but I, I I'm I'm sticking with oh. Disney Plus. I I, I yeah. love it. So and, and Mandalorian, to... yeah, I think it was better than anything anything Star Wars has done in the last um, twenty years, which is amazing. But um, that's that's a pretty low bar, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is fun. Um, so where can we find you online? I know not Facebook, except for Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd pretty regularly at, at Magadizer, which is M-A-G-A-D-I-Z-E-R, um, which has nothing to do with M-A-G-A at I all. I would not judge, Josh. Yes. I know you <laughs> wouldn't, but you're a very broad-minded person. But I just want to put it out there. <laughs> It's um, it was something to do with a musical term. So, <laughs> uh, what, what is the musical term? Just curious, because I know you've had um, this handle. I think pre yes, I've pre-maga. had it for ages, and as long as I've been on the internet, um, it so magadizing is is like singing in octaves, like if you have uh, women or boys singing, and then men singing, you know, you'll be singing an octave below because voices are lower, right? And that's just the term for that. And so I just turned it into a descriptive word and said magadizer, and I said, "Oh, that's going to be me." So that's great. So uh, my little handle online. They actually talk. That's actually mentioned in a classic film, which is my favorite Hollywood musical. It's always Fair Weather. She actually mentions magadizing in in it. So so is this strictly <laughs> choral, or is it also just harmonizing? It- um, it's. I mean, I think it's actually a word that goes back to ancient Greece. Oh wow! It's named. It's named after a a type of harp or something like that so it's it's a but um now it means about singing so but nobody uses it so it's not like my singing my fellow you know music majors were like oh yes i know what you're talking about it's like a word <laughs> i came across one time in a dictionary and thought oh that's clever and now i'm yeah. stuck with you, you it, know so. just walk down the street and say hey man you want to magadize <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I, I, anywhere else yeah, well, my brother and I just started a new podcast where we put out two episodes. We're going to do it once a month. Um, it's called See Here, Brother, which is um, C and H-E-A-R, so See Here, Brother. And we are on Twitter at See Here, Brother. And um, so uh, we've done two. The format is, is it all right if I just give a little blurb? Oh, please. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I- <laughs> so basically, each month he picks something for me to read or see, and I pick something for him, and then we talk about it and we try to have a theme. Um, our first theme was first time, first timers, and so I picked for him um, Agnes Varda's first film La Pointe Courte, and he picked for me a Jumpa Lahiri story from her first uh, collection of short stories, and we talked about it and they actually had a lot of connections it was really interesting to to talk through and then our second episode we talked about um broadcast news and uh the film i picked that for my brother and he picked for me a kind of a work of social criticism called um amusing ourselves to death by neil postman Hmm. which also tended had a real interesting thing and next month we're going to have a black black history month theme 
Um, we're going to do Malcolm X and a book of poems called Life on Mars. So that sounds very, very cool. Um, yeah, thank you. You know, uh, Broadcast News is the, the first official podcast that we put out. Uh, episode one, Criterion Close Up. So, oh, was um, it? Yeah, not, not I probably that, listened to it, but not I didn't that I'm one up on you or anything. But, uh, no, but yeah, not that, that one's close to my heart. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that's awesome. Actually, I, I didn't follow your Twitter, but I, I do now. Thank you. Well, good luck with the podcast. I always Thanks. love seeing people try it out. You know, it's um, it's fun. Well, it's gratifying. You guys, y'all have been a very great inspiration. I've been following all the Criterion cast podcasts um, off and on for years. And um, yeah, it, it, if nothing else, um, it's a good chance for me to talk to my brother about something fun once a month. And so we're enjoying it. That's I, I, podcasting is great for making connections. So I, I know a lot of people do that. Uh, you know, Doug does that with his, his old friend and also his wife. Uh, not they're different podcasts, but um, but yeah, great example. So and and you know, me and Mark, you know, we're, we're kind of yeah, kind of buds. So uh, speaking of Criterion Cast, uh, thank you by the way. Um, you can find the show there. Uh, you can find lots of other shows. Uh, David's doing great stuff with Inside the Box, and uh, and mm-hmm. I saw so I just put out a Reflections. Also, Josh uh, Brunsting uh, posts a lot of great reviews on the site. Uh, you can get early episodes on Patreon, uh, Criterion Cast. Um, I'm a West five hundred five, but I basically don't tweet. You find find <laughs> me at the uh, Criterion Now group um, and uh, some other groups too. I, I administer a couple. Josh, pleasure. Yes, thanks for thank thanks you. for joining. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, thank you for having me on. <laughs>